Yo, yo, welcome back. It's Play Games, Lose Friends. This is episode eight. I'm Ryan here with Ken again. Hello, everybody. It is Thursday, January 27th, 2022. Welcome back. War Chest review tonight. We just got a chance to play. A lot of fun. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. Uh, we're also going to dive into... <clears throat> I'm choking on my own pretzel bites here. This is not a good start. We're going to dive into uh, a little bit of... An intro to how to find games. Sometimes it's pretty tough to dive into this hobby and determine where you're going to go with it, where you can find the stuff that you like, the things that are kind of targeted towards your interests. We're going to talk about sourcing games and the best places to find them. But first, how about some shout outs? You got, you got some shout outs you want to throw out there? Yeah. So first, again, just our um, sort of companion podcast with the rest of our group, uh, Drunk and Disordered. It is a Kings of War podcast. Um, where they break down the tournament scene, new armies. Uh, there was supposed to be some new episodes with the new army book, but I haven't heard about it yet. So hopefully that's <coughs> <more> coming. <clears throat> Get on the ball. So anyway, um, <laughs> also we, uh, uh, I've got our Kabula or yeah, or, or Kabbalah as I've heard it pronounced. So I don't know Uh-oh, yet. We've been I doing think, it wrong this whole time. I think it's because we're Americans and, and they're not. So, uh, Ugh. I think is, Kabula would be the uh, American translation. But anyway, so... We dumb it down uh, for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we do. We make it so we could talk about it, right? Um, but uh, yes, so we are getting a prototype copy. It is in the air as of January 20th. Woo-hoo! So if that lands on our shores in our grubby little paws, we will have content uh, regardless. Hopefully we can do it and have it up and live and ready for you guys prior to the 8th, which is when... It is going back to Kickstarter. So that is a shout out to Antonio again from Stranger Game Studio. Super appreciative. We cannot wait to get our hands on this game. So thank you. Greed. Uh, also, uh, again, our other, our, our new friends from Evergreen Forest Games, uh, Jordan and Alex, uh, we had a, you know, a conference meeting with them the other night just to get to know them. Uh, they were following us on the show. Uh, on Instagram, and then we reached out based on their art. Again, it drew us in, and then it was like, oh my god, there's a game behind this. So, um, yeah, so we got to talk to them. They have a super very nice. super, yeah, super nice, super cool, down-to-earth human beings. Uh, you know, parents of, of a young one, so it was awesome you know, that they're sort of in the same world as both Ryan and myself uh, regarding family, and, and but, um, they have a very unique, I mean, big idea game. I don't want to give too much away because we don't know what's going to get adjusted and, and, and uh, modified. But it was a really good conversation. We gave them, you know, our, our thoughts, you know, as honestly as we could, you know, again, without playing the game, just sort of hearing them and talking through it. So uh, there might be a prototype in our future for that. So we'll keep you guys posted on that and uh, we'll try to help them. Uh, on their journey to get their first game launched and live and hopefully in people's hands. Very um, cool. Yeah. So that's uh, that's what we got at current. So you, you and I were talking a bit before we started here and you were like, dude, I just got tapestry and I'm, I'm cracking it open. And I told you to shut up so that we could use this as a, a good intro topic because I also just took off, uh, took apart dice Throne Adventures, which came in the mail this week. So how about you gush about Tapestry and then I'll gush about Dice Throne Adventures and we'll tie it together with the topic of presentation because I think that's what we were getting at. Oh my God. I mean, 
like I, I almost feel bad for Stonemeyer that they're even making money on these games, right? Like the quality, <laughs> the quality of what I opened. Like, and again, I know obviously from Wingspan and Scythe and um, Rise, Red Rising. Like, I know they're good, but like tapestry, everything you touch has a unique feel to it, and it just you feel the quality. I mean, there's an insert and there's custom meeples and custom resource tokens. Um, I mean, the worst thing in the box is the cardboard that you have to punch, but like everything else, but they give you enough baggies and the, and like just yes, the, the, they always the do presentation. That the I appreciate that I mean, so the, much. Oh, it's so important, right? I don't, I don't even have to, I don't even have to walk across the room to my like baggy bag stash. Like, <laughs> you know, like. <laughs> But I mean, I just, I want to play this game so much just because of like the quality of these components and, and what you get. And now granted, I am a, uh, I guess it's called a Stonemeyer champion. I'm part of that program. Uh, I became a member of that when uh, they announced Red Rising. And I knew that like there was new stuff coming for Wingspan. Wingspan is, you know, one of my favorite games of all time. And then... Uh, what what Jamie and 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 the crew over there at Stonemaier Games do is they send out a survey once a year, uh, and they, and, they, and again it was a simple. I didn't find it intrusive. I didn't find it annoying. Like it was just like again, it's a a club I pay for uh, on a yearly or an annual basis to get a discount on their games. And magically, they sent me an email. It knew what I uh, had clicked on as something that I was interested from their catalog. And not only did it do I get the Stonemeyer Champion discount, but they also gave me a coupon, a forty-eight hour coupon for fifteen percent off. So, oh wow! Uh, I bought Tapestry. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. <laughs> and I looked around. There was no online retailer that could beat that price. I mean, yeah, maybe if I really hunted on a used copy, maybe. But like even that, like you know, you paid more than what I'm paying for a brand new one. So. I just I, I I broke down and I bought it, you know, and and again, just based on the presentation and quality alone, it was money well spent. Like I can feel the love that went into this game, and I hope it's half as good as the components and the quality of it. There's stuff every time I get a game from them, and I don't own a lot of them. I think I have Red Rising, but I don't have the the like the Kickstarter or Collector's Edition one, and I have Wingspan. I'm trying to think if I have other. I have Scythe. I have a bunch of you Scythe, Scythe stuff because I, I I dig Scythe, but. Everything is just so nice. It's so nice, and they're all so reasonably priced for the most part. Like they're not crazy. Like even Charterstone, the quality yeah. of everything we yeah. touch in Charterstone was fantastic. Dice Throne Adventures I got this week, and same thing. It's like, Roxley, right? Is that Roxley? it's Roxley? And yeah. I'll be completely honest. Outside of Dice Throne, I have no idea what else Roxley has made because <laughs> that's all I have. But so I have actually a lot of Roxley games. To be honest with you, I've kickstarted really? a couple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because like, it just is just my ignorance in the hobby. Like, I just haven't had much experience or exposure to Roxley games except for Dice Throne. But I cracked this open uh, a couple days ago when I got it, and I had it out, and I'm like, yeah, hey, I really want to try this. So I got, I took it out today, and I put it out on the table, set up the fir- the first scenario. I haven't even picked characters to play yet. I was going to try it out like solo or or with my wife just to you know test it out. And I just got everything out on the table. Like one of the things that gets me with them is the ridiculous and meticulous attention to detail with trays that they pack the games in and how tightly and cleanly everything fits. That alone 
is huge and awesome when you're getting a game and you're unboxing it and you're just drooling over that part. But then you get to like the actual components, the dials to track combat points and health, the dice, the tokens have this little tray that every token's organized in its own way. All the card slots, the the actual art is great. Like every single the rule book, all of it is just so damn good. And yes, the price point for that is higher than than like Wingspan or or a lot of the Stonemeyer titles. But I would say that are even a step above uh, uh, Stonemeyer in production quality. Maybe not a whole lot, but enough to justify yeah, I mean, it's definitely maybe some like more a, that price. A close, like you would you would argue who is the best, right? It's like a close race between those. two. Yeah. But it's it's just like it's unbelievable, and I said this. We were doing a review last time, and and I think I, I think I said a dinged uh, Res Arcana a little bit for component quality because I said, oh, we could have like a metal first player token, or we could have like resin, you know, resource tokens. And yeah. you're like, that's what Geek Up's for. Well, there are some cases where like some no, no, of these I games know, are just starting joke. to come with that stuff today, and yeah. like. I, I can't say that this is true across all of us as gamers, right? But I'm willing to pay the extra ten bucks sometimes to get that stuff right right out of the gate, and I don't have to like order something from somewhere else, like Board Game Geek or Geek Up or whatever. And this game has that in spades, and I think there's. I hope we're going to start seeing some more of that. Like I have Honey Buzz kickstarted, and I know there was like a cardboard version and kind of an upgraded Kickstarter yeah. version. I I wish they would just make it with the upsta- upgraded Kickstarter version charge the extra 10 bucks because it's just it looks better it's cooler it has a cooler table presence and there's something to be said about spending money on that stuff yeah no i mean you almost want to feel good about your investing right like you're spending money on it and you want the quality you know and um, yeah and i think again i think honestly i I think most publishers try and again the 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 standard it just continues to change like again look at roxley stonemeyer um you know and then again I mean, even Simon tries, right, a little bit, right? But then the problem is they have 15 boxes and they can't make yeah. an answer. You know what I mean? Like, I get it. But, like, you know, but Roxley – so Radlands. Radlands is a good example for – I think it's Roxley, right? They basically – there were two versions you could buy. Now, again, it's a simple card game. Super, yeah, it's like I a mean, small box and a big box, right? Yeah. And then they yeah. put the smaller box. But if you got the deluxe, you put it in this it, – it's – it was um, now the card like quality mats. was the same regardless of the version. However, if you got the deluxe version, you got like physical tokens. So the game is based on water. So you have these water tokens. So then now they're okay. a nice chunky thick wood token. And then in the box is two play mats for you know for each you know it's a two player game. So each player gets a play mat. And again, it was right. a little bit more, but like even for what you got, I was like, this is a no brainer to spend that money and. Um, the reviews have come in, you know, lately. Uh, even Dice uh, Tower uh, guys, they they reviewed it the other day. They did a four squares, and it was like, uh, you really wouldn't want to play this without the playmats. Not that the game is bad, but it like it helps you sort of organize. And and um, I mean, you know, some people who are really bad at organizing their tableau and their uh, you know, it just drives you bonkers. Go, go. Uh, and uh, but Radlet, you know, having a playmat <laughs> with the with the spaces for your cards and where things go is just it makes it easier and simpler. And you know, for the extra money, like just do it. You know, again, if you're gonna do something, do yeah. it right. You know, it's funny now that you say that. Uh, when we went to the Roxley stop or uh, stand at uh, Pax, they tried to sell me Radlands, and I forgot about it because I saw both box sizes there, and I, the guy was like, "Oh, this one comes all upgraded stuff," and I'm like, eh. "And I knew you had it, so I was like, I'm not going to get yeah. it because we haven't even tried it yet." And I'm pretty sure it's two player, right? 
Yep, it's a two-player game. Yep. Yeah. So. So. Well, I, I, it's a good topic. I, I constantly struggle sometimes between spending more on upgrades and not because it's like you know the frequency at which we play some of these games is justifiable, but like when you get the ones like you know some of the Stonemire titles or some of the Roxley titles right out of the box and they're just like upgraded to the hilt, it's just so it's so rewarding for some reason and and. I don't know if it enhances the play experience or not. Maybe it's just all in our messed up you know, psychology eggs. in your brain. <laughs> yeah, but at the same time, like I, I, you know, I think I get more excited to see the level of attention to detail and care and craftsmanship that goes into that stuff, albeit kind of corny in some respects. But it's there, and it, it makes a difference for me. Yet the funny part about all of this is you also own Food Chain Magnate, and that looks like it was like <laughs> designed and built. It like looks like a prototype in 1960. You know, yeah, Madman. It, lo- it looks like, like uh, Cave Monopoly <laughs> tried out two different artists, and the one that failed, they signed to do Food Chain Magnate. <laughs> that that's what it's like. It's that bad. Nice. But we're gonna play it at some point in time, and oh, I know, each other. I can't wait. I, 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 you have to. And again, you can't judge books by their cover, right? Like that's the old. Yep. The old all adage, the, all but... the splatter games are, are very highly regarded for a reason, so we'll find out when we get there. That one's going to be – I can't wait to do our review for that because I have a feeling that table-flipping uh, lose friends <laughs> rating is going to be a, a five. And we don't put numbers on that one, but that one's going to be a five. <laughs> five on the friend loss? <laughs> yes. I might be reviewing it by myself. Let's just say that. So right. let's jump in. We got uh, some time to get some games. On Tuesday night, we had a game night. Finally back in the saddle after uh, the holidays and some COVID, so that was nice. And we got yeah, yeah, three yeah. games in. Do you want to talk about any additional ones that you played before we jump into the game night stuff that you may have gotten before then? Yeah, so again, just uh, I think I mentioned a little bit uh, on the last podcast, but again, you follow us on Instagram. You're almost seeing like a, almost a, 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 you know, a daily view of, of what we're playing, what we're doing. Um you know, and what's going on when we're not together playing games. But, um, so I've been getting in some unstable unicorns. I've been getting in some here to slay. Uh, we bought happy little dinosaurs. So we've got our first play of hap- of happy little dinosaurs in. My son busted out an old classic. We played electronic battleship the other night. Oh, um, man, and I then again, that. that one that's, uh, really staying on our table and we're we're running our second campaign is uh townsfolk tussle right now oh wow you're doing in the second you're in the second campaign already yeah we 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 did it one time we beat four four ruffians and now we're on our second second playthrough we beat the first ruffian the other night uh so now we're just waiting me and my son wasn't feeling too well these couple nights this week so um so i'm just waiting for him to get back uh into his old self and ready to start playing drug him up get him out there (laughs) yeah one of the um and then I've been playing through, uh, not necessarily solo, but just trying to get through the mechanics. Was Clash of Decks. Uh, I know we've talked about it a couple of times, oh, nice. but like I've I've been posting the sort of the pre-constructed decks, and I had like a little tournament with the four decks. So there is an official winner that will be posted soon uh, on, on our social media, so you could see that. Um, but yeah, that's what I've been playing uh, up until uh, two nights ago. So Ryan, what about that? prior uh not much for me it was pretty busy the last few nights i've actually been (laughs) assembling components and parts to put uh drawers like pull out drawers in the middle of each side of the gaming table for cup holders 
Uh, I had gotten a brand new neoprene mat over the holidays to cover the, the new table in the basement and first gaming session, we had two spills on it. So I think I need to get moving on those drawers. Oh, so you mean the drawers are just going to collect the spill? Is that what it is? So you can just brush no, it No, so I bought, I bought like two trays for like pencils and dice and stuff and then actual aluminum cup holders that embed inside the tray. So we actually will be able to place the beer cans or bottles or glasses in a safe spot. So, so we're playing Pimp nice. My Gaming Table. <laughs> yes, Pimp My Used Shitty Gaming Table. That's correct. So now I, I I went so far as to buy the wood, the drawer rails, the components, like the, 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 the cup holder and all the other stuff. And then I went out and bought a $200 jigsaw because I just wanted a jigsaw. So I got a tool out of it. That's not bad. Good way to, to make things work. Uh, so in terms of games from board game night, we got three plays in. We started off with War Chest, which is our review tonight. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Save most of that for later. Got, uh, as Ken affectionately dubbed it, Space Clue, the search for Planet X. And we yeah, played... that, uh, there'll be, uh, some content going up on Instagram on that too, because, uh, <laughs> I took a lot of good photos of, uh, my, uh, CDC Space Monkey character, uh, who is also flying on the, uh, SS Colonel Mustard in space. I saw that name. I thought maybe that was the name of the NFT you bought, but I couldn't tell. <laughs> uh, and then the third game, we tried to get a game at Everdell, but it got a bit too late. So we actually got some, what, two games in or three games? I think two games of Super Mega Lucky Box. Two. Super Mega Lucky Box. Yeah, new uh, game right release this past year, I guess, from uh, Phil Walker Harding. Um, I talked about it a little bit before as my, my hit from PAX, secret hit from PAX. So first time you got to play. What did you think of Super Mega Lucky Box? So um, I-, I couldn't wait to tell my wife about it. I think she's <laughs> I had gonna a feeling. Like I just and it was it was weird. Like the first game, like I had a had had a, a strategy I was working on, I was doing, and like it was I mean, for a simple game there is some strategy in your choices, which I love. And that second game, I just I I didn't do anything for the first two rounds. I'm like, What dude, why am I bad at this game? Like you know, <laughs> like I was like I was like mad at myself for like my choices. And then I ended up, like, freaking dominating that second game. And I'm like, how is that? I even beat my score from the first game. Like, I was like, how is this possible? Like, but but it was, I mean, and we ran the math three times. But the whole time we were laughing and having fun and, 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 and you know, busting stones. Like, it was so good. Like, it's just such a fun experience. Again, I think Phil Walker Harding just has this, like, weird pedigree of just making fun. You know? It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, for as simple as it is and as unassuming as it looks, it's got just enough strategy to keep like us board game meatheads dialed in when we play and trying to win and there's a competitive aspect to it, but it's just such a lighthearted experience. There's so you don't even have to like focus too hard when you're playing, so you can kind of talk a lot and drink a beer and just chill out. It's like one of those perfect I don't want to say it's not a party game, but it's almost that type of thing well, where I was going to say like it like we don't play a lot of party games necessarily. I know I at least no. I don't, right? Like, I don't either. I've got dirty telestrations and like cards against humanity once a year, right? Like Yeah, yeah. You know much. what I mean? Like but but like 
we're not big party gamers necessarily, right? But like this one is sort of that like it almost bridges that gap between a party game that anyone could learn to do because everyone has played bingo, everyone has scratched a lottery ticket in their life. Like these are common things that people or even play bingo, right? Like it almost has like a bingo with the with the the dabbers like kind of feel yep. to it, you know? You know, the sad part is you can't mark, you know, if you have four cards and a two comes up, you can't mark it on all cards, but, you know, whatever. But, like, it's got, like, common things that people know and love, and it just packages it in a fun little game. I don't know. I, I dug it a lot. As but. simple as it was, Joe still found a way to screw himself out of probably <laughs> so many a points in moons, the first game. A thousand <laughs> moons. And basically, <laughs> Thor's lightning storm. It was pretty funny to watch. But yes, we played two two games. I think everybody loved it enough that we if it wasn't late, we probably would have busted the, out two more games for sure. It's just that approachable oh, and fun. And yeah. and it's good. It's so quick to like reset and get another game in. I, I have nothing but good things to say about it. And I, I think that might be like one of those games that I, I think is the perfect gifting game. It's it was so only easy. like twenty bucks. It's twenty too, right? bucks. It was like a cheap yeah. game. Yeah. It's fantastic for what it is, and that's like when I if I know gamers out there that, that want gifts, that's probably going to be what I go to this year. Cause it's game, right? You're going to probably going to be able to get it first of all. And secondly, it's just such a cheap price point for what you get. And there's so much replayability in there. Um, so I'm yeah, but even I mean, more and, curious. Go ahead. Well, hold on. Just to add to that point a little bit, like even like, like again, you've got gamers who, and, and again, it sort of gets into our topic, right? Like yeah. trying to find ways of getting people to also play games and to enjoy board games because most people you say board games it's like oh monopoly and i mean yeah, how many times down. have you heard of monopoly it's like you don't even understand and then you feel bad because like you know they're not they you don't get peasant. it right yeah like i'm like <laughs> but but like their games like again like super mega lucky box that you could buy for people again it's got that you know, that approachable party game vibe, but like it sets people up yep. for then moving on to like a sushi go or a point salad, uh, which are fun games. It just so happens. Well, I don't think point salad is, but, but sushi goes also a Phil Walker <laughs> Harding, but it sets, but it sets people up for like these next gateway games and you can step people through and pretty soon you have a board game friend or a board gaming group because people will want to play these things again and we're going to touch on some of this stuff here momentarily but like it's games like this games like sushi go um i'm trying to think even summer all artichokes abandon all artichokes cockroach poker cockroach poker i mean there's so many maybe we got to do a whole episode of those kind of games (laughs) <laughs> Skull. I mean, but 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 again, these accessible, easy to play, easy to tear down, just fun. And and then you got people gaming. And and again, yep. that's the hardest part about board games is they don't come with friends, right, in the box. But you can. But some games are meant to attract people. Well, uh, that's where so Stonemire can go next. Upgraded <laughs> right? components. If, if Jamie and would, well, we did include a live well, human that- being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That would be the next component in a, in in a, the new wingspan. We'll start a doing trainer. Kickstarter stretch goals for certain age ranges and or genders. <laughs> that'll that'll be weird. Yeah. I'm not going to say yeah. no though, dude. If if you can buy a board game that comes with a friend, oh my god, and you've got somebody to lose. So I knew you would love Super Mega Lucky Box. I didn't know if you would like Space Clue, aka Search for Planet X. So. 
now that you had a chance to sit down and try it, uh, I want the raw assessment, and, and I'll just let you go for a little while. All right. So again, I you, I mean, just for whatever, I had to I had to make fun of it and call it Space Clue, and and it just so happens that everyone is a color of a clue piece. So like, <laughs> it's fair. It's now, fair. I don't know if that was done intentionally. Or it was like almost like an Easter egg in that game in a weird well, like way. Every, but like mis- every primary colors in Clue, what are they going to do? Like <laughs> chartreuse and fuchsia? Well, there are so many board games that don't use the RGB scale for, yeah, for pawns. Right. right? I mean, they went yellow, red, purple, and periwinkle blue. Right? So that's Ms. Peacock, Professor Plum, Colonel Mustard, and Ms. Scarlet. So anyway, I... um. Honestly, I, I didn't know what to expect. Again, I wanted to try it. First couple turns, I was like, what the hell are we doing? Like, it didn't, it didn't click. I wasn't feeling it. And then something, like, almost like you, the light turned on for me. And I was like, oh, I see it. I get it. Okay. Let's, let's do it. And, and then I just figured out, not necessarily the strategy, but I figured out how to utilize the actions to actually be meaningful and, and effective. Um, and I think that's the important piece about Space Clue is you need to have meaningful turns because you actually don't get that many turns in a way. Um, no, you don't. And you have to be strategic on when to save up your like, one turn, like your one movement or your one action uh, research versus your scanning. I don't know. I still don't know why you would scan for four. I guess the only way you would scan for four is if that last target that gets you four is in, like you've maybe, you scanned it once and it helps you deduce. But I, I, that was the one action I didn't feel was valuable was the scanning for for four. Or for three, whatever, whatever the the one would only move you three times. I don't know. So if you scan I for just, four, you move three. Uh, if you scan three for spaces. three, you move four. Yeah. Right? The more precise you get, the the more it penalizes you, basically. I, well, I guess I didn't because of how effective the research versus scanning four was, in my opinion. I didn't even. It almost made scanning three moot to me. Uh, yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I mean, maybe with more but, playthroughs, we'd find it to work differently, but I honestly don't perhaps. know because that's the second time I tried it. No, no, no. Agreed. And and the betting phase I found neat. I don't know. I, I, I'll be quite honest with you. I didn't think when when uh, when Joe put his first one out, I was like, is he just like stone cold guessing? Like, <laughs> like <laughs> and maybe he was because it's like how do you know anything at this point? Like we were so early in the game and I was like, maybe he's just trying to, you know, just try something, which I guess is kind of cool too. But again, it's like you, you only have so many to put out, right? Yeah. You want to make sure you're as, you know, you're, or you're pretty sure. You but really no, screw I thought yourself it was good. if you, if you guess wrong though, because you not only deny yourself the potential for those points, but you, you know, move one space forward on that turn track, which doesn't seem like yeah. a lot. But one is enough oh. to set you into a position where you're not maybe not the first one to be able to make guesses at the end when someone gets Planet X. Or maybe you have to do Planet X, but if you move that five spaces after getting penalized, you know, you're you're basically so far ahead that everyone's gonna get two guesses or a chance to guess Planet X. So it's it there's a there's a lot of little things like that in that game that almost yeah. are 
delicately balanced in a way to give you enough opportunity to either catch up or stay ahead. It's it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I know I joke, I mean, you know, with, with calling it Space Clue. I mean, at the end of the day, if you've ever played Clue and you've ever done a logic puzzle, this game is if those two things had a baby, Clue and a logic puzzle. Um, yeah. And um, but But again, it's not, and I don't say that in a derogatory or a negative way. I thought the game was really well done. Is it something you'd buy? Uh, well, since you own it and we're trying to do this, let's yeah. <laughs> not buy the same game twice. But if I didn't um, was, and, if and you, you got a chance to play it, would it be something that you'd, you'd get for your own collection? And I'd play it. Like, let's say I played it at PAX, right? And I'd be right. like, oh, Kim, you know, my wife would love this. So, yes, I would probably buy it because – if uh, if you know my wife, her favorite board game is Clue. I now have do purchased. It in space. I have purchased every game that takes Clue-like mechanics, or it kicks Clue up a notch, and they they are in this house. The only one I don't have is Search for Planet X. So that would be the only you know, and I and I was touting and talking about that one just as much as Super Mega Lucky Box because. I think she would gravitate towards both of those really well. And, uh, again, she loves those types of games. So we, I, like I said, I try to, you know, I know what kind of games she loved and liked. So I try to find games of similar ilk, which makes playing other games that aren't Clue, uh, a lot more easier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even though I... we have 15, 20 versions of Clue in this house and they're all different, you know, they all play differently. They have nuance. It's crazy. And I'm sure she's glad that every single one of them are still in your house as of today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say that tongue-in-cheek, just just to be clear. You can't see my tongue oh. or cheek, but it's in there. Ugh, gross. So I, I think it was a fun game. I think the initial teach is a little tough. I think the app for it is great. It needs to be a part of the game for sure. Uh, overall, though, it's it's really interesting. I haven't played a deduction game like that. Or, or themed that way and kind of with those same mechanics. So it's, it's in a, its own unique space, I think. And I've enjoyed it the two times I played. And I told my wife the first game we played, like, you're always going to beat me because I'm just horrible at this type of stuff. And it, I was not great when we played either. Um, <laughs> I had a chance to kind of catch you at the end and I guessed Planet X wrong. And I only had two choices. So it was like 50 50 coin flip, but I got it wrong. The last one we got to play, which we'll talk about later, I don't think we should talk about it now, is War Chess, but I will say we got to play the, we've played three games with our group of four, and this is the first time you and I got to play on a team, and I feel like we won in the draft. I feel like the game was over as soon as the draft ended. (laughs) Well, it's funny, right? Because if you think about it, the scout, we, I, I, I drafted the scout, and I gave Joe a fair warning. I said, if you don't take it, it's gone. You won't see it again <laughs> because I know the power of the scout. However, the scout had nothing to do with that game. Yeah, it was a and decoy. It was it was it was kind of cool. I was kind of happy that we won without the, the the scout because I feel like we've lost to the scout or people have lost lost to the scout and its abilities several times. So, well, no, what happened uh, is you lost to the scout once and it's now burned into your brain that it's good. <laughs> And so every time we play, you're going to hate draft that chip away if it's on the table. You're right. Because we'll talk about this later when we get to the review, but like you don't need one particular unit to win that game. It's a combination. I'm not going to lie. Like Calvary definitely helps. Yes, (laughs) it did. It was good. All right. Beer review. We were talking beforehand that neither of us have new beers that we're drinking. So 
I'm I'm no. just gonna say what I'm having. You could say what you're having, and I'm thinking that we might need to start six pack shopping for this podcast because you can't have a beer review and just review the same beers every week. Who's gonna listen to that? Well, I- Exactly, and I've also not had a debit card in a couple of weeks, so I haven't been able to hit a beer distributor. <laughs> so that's like, a problem. I'm in bad shape. That is a problem. So, so uh, I'm drinking Anderson Valley Winter Warmer or Winter Solstice, I guess it's it's called. Uh, talked about it before, but good stuff. How about you? Uh, I am drinking uh, Sam Adams Jacko. It is the last couple I have from the season. Uh, I had ham ham sliders. Sammies, ham Sammies, ham, earlier. ham Slammies. So it's like my Christmas, right? Like I had Ooh. ham and I had pumpkin pie. So yeah, so that's what I'm I'm drinking. Well, we promise we will get uh, new beers for the next yeah. show and there on out because I can't just keep drinking the same things out of the out of the Sixtals and saying that uh, we're reviewing new beers. <laughs> what do you think? Like, should, if we if again if we get to some time with uh, Kabula. What kind of beers should we drink with Kabula? Like we should try to pair a beer with a with a game. Or <laughs> the beers? I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. I I like everything for the most part, except for that is super dark stuff. So we'll we'll pick some stuff out. Maybe we can make a, a shopping trip together. We can Aww. go to Shangies. Oh, actually, by the way, Shangies. I found I out they're opening. <laughs> <laughs> I found out. Well, the new so one's the, open. I saw a, a yeah. message on it today. Yeah, I have to go. Yeah, we should. Hit, we should do the grand opening. Because that, that's literally uh, it's great because it's 10 minutes from my house. It's also terrible because it's 10 minutes from my house. So that's yeah. that's not good. Like you talking about how much money to drop on beer. That's about to get real bad. All right. Let's jump into our topic for tonight. And we wanted to – I think I proposed this, but I, I did so because I think you more than me are a really good source for this type of information so we're pretty experienced board gamers at this point. We've both been playing for years and years. But one of the things that I still struggle with today, and, and you kind of help me with this sometimes, and I know a lot of other people out there struggle with, is how do you find new games? How do you find stuff that is targeted towards you or interests you? How do you find you know stuff from your latest publisher that you like? How do you find stuff uh, that's coming up on Kickstarter that might fit your tastes or, or by designers that you like? And so we're going to jump into just talking about where you go to look today yourself, some of the practices you might actually have in terms of like checking frequently or subscriptions, stuff like that. So you can get that information. So if I'm a new gamer, right, and I've played a couple games at my friend's houses, like Super Mega Lucky Box, and I love it. How do I go find that stuff? What's the best way to do that? So is that just a general question in my direction? That is correct. Okay. Uh, you're kind of like the uh, <laughs> the font of information here more than I am. I tend to you tend to relay so much shit to me that I have never heard of or seen. That I think you're a better person to to jump this off here than me. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, I, I mean I appreciate that. So I guess I'm your honorable mention. <laughs> I have a friend. I have a friend who's addicted to content. About I, just, I don't have any games. other mentions. I just wait for you to send me stuff. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> nice. Well, I'll be honest with you. What happened? I mean, I guess for me was um, I, I definitely started on Kickstarter, uh, and and I and I wound up on Kickstarter uh, accidentally through through a, a social media post because at the time I was playing pretty seriously in on the Magic 
uh, non-constructed scene. So, you know, drafting and uh, two-headed drafts. Uh, and then I had a local group that we would play together every week and then get together and go to Philly for the pre-releases. Um, so I think it just so happened that, again, programmatically or algorithmically, I got uh, sent some sort of ad that then took me to Kickstarter. And once I hit Kickstarter, it really opened up my eyes to the world of board games and what is needle was in what's possible. Yeah. 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 That was like, uh, you know, my first sample. So, um, (laughs) so, but, but, but then from there, uh, the next place I really jumped into, uh, was YouTube. And, and, and honestly, um, the dice tower, was was sort of my first, I guess, contributor or uh, or, or or content producer in this space. Uh, and what happened was, uh, you, you sort of find uh, someone that has the similar taste. So, like for example, like before you buy a game at your local store or um, you know online, I would take the title and I would throw it into YouTube. And just tag review at the end, right? So I'll just make up something, uh, you know, uh, wingspan board game review. And I'll skim that list and I'll watch a couple of them, even of the same game. And then I'll find somebody I think that I can resonate with or, or, or did something that matched my personality or the vocabulary or that just didn't talk past me or, or above my sort of head in a way. And then these are the the different YouTube contributors that I started to follow. And as this whole industry and uh, this whole sort of world of of content has grown and changed, these uh, I, I started following people who knew what was coming to Kickstarter ahead of Kickstarter. Because Kickstarter doesn't tell you. Kickstarter doesn't have a newsletter that I know of anyway. And if it does, then maybe i should stay away anyway <laughs> um but uh but but they don't tell anybody now there are things on you know there are forums on on board game geek too i, I know ryan you you know yep. you're a big sort of surfer of board game geek i i did start there i did start there by building my collection as it grew i tried to log plays but then i felt like and again not to knock people who do this but i just felt like it was work um, to, to do that. And yeah, I think you have to have a, a goal at the end. If you're doing that, you gotta have a good reason why you're logging plays other than just contributing to the database. And again, maybe we do this and change this moving forward. But at the time I was just like, eh, this just is work. I just want to play games. I don't care. Uh, you know, I don't care if I play this 10 times or, or I only play it once now. Granted. Yeah. But my memory is also pretty good. So I usually know what's in my collection and I know how many times I've played it. So, but, but, um, but anyway, back to the whole thing. So I try to find, uh, contributors who will give me, uh, the inside track to what's coming out on a weekly basis. And that is, uh, my main, main source. Now, again, that only catches, uh, the funding, the crowdfunding. But those same channels also right. produce news channel, you know, and like a news program. Right. So the Dice Towers news is probably the best news that you can watch. Now, granted, there's other people that do good news, but the Dice Tower covers everything from, you know, when Asmodee got bought to, you know, uh, publishers, um, picking up new titles or, or, or that when 
Maybe even there's a new Dice Tower Essential that they're working on. Like, they'll talk about that. So, the Dice Tower is news, and they, and they, and it's buried under one of their board game breakfasts, but they do then the segment where they just cut that and put it out too. So that's important. And again, most of that just, just sort of covers, you know, the Kickstarter and the crowdfunding. But again, once you're in this hobby, you start to find your online retailers that you go to, right? Like, Miniature Market, Cool Stuff, Card Hoss. Game nerds. I mean, you name it. Like, there's, there's hundreds out there. You, you find what, what, you know, what one you like or what one you want to start building your points with. And I'll be quite honest with you. You might need four or five because sometimes one sells out something that you really want. You got to jump ship and go to the other one. I mean, I've, yeah, I've had to do that. Before. I mean, I've, I would say I've probably purchased through, I would say no less than 10 online retailers when it comes to games in my collection because either some didn't have it, sold out other places. Um, or there was a sale, so I got it somewhere. So you do sort of shop around and jump around. And then, uh, the other thing, and, and the reason why I bring up online retailers is because they have a pre-order section. Not necessarily saying you have to pre-order, but it gives you, uh, I mean. It's a good place to look for what's coming up. You look and see what's happening and, and what is coming just direct to retail or potentially a Kickstarter and specifically a publisher. And that's what's, this is important too. So, like, let's say you missed the Kickstarter. Some retailers actually back Kickstarter projects at the retailer pledge. So, you find the certain publishers that they back because they know that they they will sell their product and, and it'll move. So, like, for example, Mini Market will usually go in on probably CMON products, you know, typically. So, if you miss a CMON... Miniature market will probably have it down the road. Uh, cool stuff does their own unique sort of system uh, for this, you know, but they all sort of do it in some way. Um, I've even seen sites that just and retailers that just focus on Kickstarter campaigns. Now, if you miss them, you will pay a little bit more of a premium, but it's not the end of the world. Uh, and I've looked at those. Yeah, at least you can still get yeah, at them. I've looked at them and I'm like, ah, no, that's just not for me. I don't know. <laughs> There's something about it doesn't get me. But anyway, back to the pre-order list. So so that'll help you see what games that they do buy. So if you miss a Kickstarter or there's a new Kickstarter coming out by that game publisher, maybe you don't need to back it or you don't have the money or whatever that that, that you know that month. You could sort of budget yourself. Uh honestly, I use I use a lot of these tools and these resources for budgeting purposes. So like if I know there's a lot coming out at retail, I might only back you know, one or two. Or if there's nothing coming out of retail, man, my backing might go up to four or five, you know, like <laughs> depending. So, but yeah, I'll, I'll skim through miniature market has a, it's a, there's a pre-order list. I might go through 14 pages of games. Um, but you click on them and you read and you think, and then if you want to know more, you could throw it into a, uh, throw it into YouTube, see if anyone had any content when it was a prototype or you throw it on BGD and you just search. Uh, again, I, I try to do my research. As best I can before I make a make a purchase. Do you have any like go to sort of? You mentioned reviewers earlier. Do you have any go to reviewers that kind of fit your? I don't want to say personality, but maybe your tastes and and sort of style as a gamer. Well, what's interesting is um, the dice tower in general, right? Like I've found yeah. I probably I'm closer to a Z Garcia sort of gamer. Uh, him and I seem to have very similar tastes in games. 
But then there are certain games that are really high on Tom's list or really high on uh, Mike Delicio, or if you even were following the Dice Tower when Sam was there, right? Like Sam, I think, has Blood Rage yeah. as his number one game of all time. And like it may not be number one for me, but I know I love Blood Rage. And I know, you know, uh, you know, but then there's games on Tom's list that are just so solid that I dig. And again, Tom has the children, so he brings an aspect of playing with children, like, and his kids. Like, um, you know, Adventure Tactics. When I saw that review, I was like, I gotta find this game. This game's gonna be amazing. And then I went and I tracked it down and hunted it. And then I backed her season two of it, right? Like, <laughs> it's just something like that. So, like, every aspect of the gamer that I am or the gamer that I can be with different audiences, I try to find someone that, you know, mimics that or, or marries up to that. Does that help? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm kind of moving towards that direction more. I used to just kind of like get hyped about something that was in the the news that kind of was like, oh, it's a fantasy theme game. And I'm like, oh, I like fantasy theme stuff. But then, you know, you were so much risk there is rolling the dice and whether or not you're going to like it. So I've I've been diving deeper and deeper into that you know, over the last two years, just kind of trying to find my niche with personalities out there and reviewers. Like I've tried, I think as, as funny as it sounds, I kind of settled in to shut up and sit down because I think their reviews, while sometimes being a little more um, wordy and unnecessarily eloquent to describe like a plastic token as tactile and, and shit like that, I think they do a really good job of getting to the meat of a mechanic or meat of a game to make it, you know, clear whether or not I'm going to like it. And I think Dice Throne, or sorry, Dice Dice Tower does the same thing. Tom Vassell's a good one in that he just doesn't pull punches, right? He's had, there's some like infamous reviews out there where he just like lambasted a game <laughs> that was just total crap. And that's the kind of honesty like you want from your reviewers and you want to see in the content because you as a, as a consumer really need to know before used to be 20, 30 bucks for a board game. Now we're talking 70, 80, hundred dollars for some of these things. It's an investment, right? You want to know where you're at with it. And so between that and between board game geeks forums and kind of reading about well, what I find valuable in there probably more than anything is you can get some pretty in-depth threads about rules and yeah. how people feel about them. A great example of that, which we talked about in a previous episode, is the merge mechanic with Ankh, right? That was really big in terms of a, a new rule type, something different that no one's done, super contentious. And it was cool to see those who had played a ton on TTS or – had the chance to play the game before that or before I even got my copy, what they thought about it and why. I think you get an insight from a very large range of players if you're willing to sift through a lot of the stuff in there that's just chaff. So I think a combination of all that stuff helped. And I, I have been doing exactly what you said with pre-orders. I've been starting to pay closer attention to that across the different retailers and seeing what's coming up. And then I'll go research that game on my own. So there's still I still feel like there's a gap, though, with... And maybe it's just the media channels I'm subscribed to. Maybe I'm just missing out on some stuff. But I feel like there isn't always really a place you can go, one place you can go that kind of consolidates all the retail releases, all the Kickstarters, GameFounds, whatever's out there that's coming for a given week or month. Yeah, I don't. To really give you like a clear picture on all that stuff. I feel like there's something missing there in the community that, that maybe someday somebody will fulfill that need. But for now, it's kind of just. You gotta hunt. Well, yeah, There's a you, lot of you have to. You gotta pick your things that you like. That you, but here's the thing: you also have to enjoy it, 
right? If you don't enjoy yes. something and you're not entertained by it, you're not going to find the value in it. And regardless, a game might be talked about, and because you're not enjoying it or you're not entertained, you might not even think that game is good, right? Or you, it may not be for you. So you have to also have to have a have a a, a connection with what you're looking at and what you're watching or, or what you're listening to. That's Whether why it's a I podcast think the, like the us who, or you know someone else, like um, yeah, because the who is a big part of of what you end up consuming right if if you're watching reviewers and and stuff and and personalities that kind of align with you and your tastes you're going to have a lot more faith in what they recommend or don't recommend versus just scouring the internet for every possible person out there that reviewed said board game so you're right that has a lot to do with it i think well and 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 again i just I, i i one one sort of avenue that we completely missed and i know we're getting close here on this segment but like the the local game store okay Oh, yeah. There are good local game stores, and then there are awful local game stores. I don't think <laughs> there's a middle ground. You either know how to have a board game store, or you don't. I I, I really don't. I don't. Um, and again, I've bought retail. Yeah, I think that's pretty. I've true. bought retail from a couple places. Some places know how to do it, and they, and and again, how to do it is different, right? Like there's inventory, there's knowledge, there's cost, and and then there's certain game stores that just go above and beyond. And there's a game store that I've gone to. Uh, again, I, I only get there a couple times a year in Maryland. And uh, our crew from Nerdhammer have played tournaments up there too, because they're not only a, a board game store, but they're also a tabletop wargaming store too. And what's the name? Uh, it's called Games and Stuff. And I think it's called. There you go, games and stuff. Consider that your plug. Yeah, seriously. Uh, and this game, it's in Maryland. Yeah, games and stuff. And it's in a strip mall. And you wouldn't real like you wouldn't think it was as big as it is. And you open those doors, and you're just like, oh my goodness! It's like just the experience. The of heaven shine down. Oh my god! Yeah, I mean, you hear that the herald sing like, and and what they do. <laughs> Is they actually crack open certain games and they build little, they have like these little tables and they have people walking around almost like a car lot in a weird way. Like, and I'm not knocking car lots, but like, those are like, th- those are sharks, you know, on a, on concrete basically. And, and what they do is they've got people, uh, you know, walking around asking if you need help. If they see you look at one of the prototypes on the tables, they're like, Hey, do you got two minutes? And you're like, who doesn't have two minutes? Especially when you got a board game in front of you. You're like, yeah, sure. They will run you through the game real quick. They'll ask you your taste. They'll ask you questions. And they're like, oh, no, you won't like this one. But over here on this table, I've got this game. And here, check it out. And then you walk over and you're leaving with more games than you thought you were going to leave at that store with. Right? Like, and they do such a good job. And it's not bad. It's not pushy. It's not aggressive. That's how I bought Point Salad. That's how I bought Botanic. Every time I go in there, I do I do browse because I know there's someone that's going to walk me through that game and they're going to ask me before I even waste my time. Well, do you like this game? What do you think of this game? Do you like this? And you answer those questions. They're like, all right, you're over here. This is what you need. Take this one. It's fantastic. And I, they've never steered me wrong. So not only do they have the selection, but they have the knowledge and, and the experience of matching a game to the player type and, and based on simple questions. So it, it's, um, again, and, and again, there are other local game stores that are just like, oh, here's a wall of games, buy. 
you know, like yep, they're they're full MSRP. Like and there's nothing, and you're just like, yeah, why am I even? Why am I even going? Why am I even coming to your store? Like I don't know. It's just <laughs> lack but, of alternatives. Locally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. I can't drive to Maryland every day, although I would love to. I would. Oh, I'm, that. But again. I'm glad I don't live that close because I would be there all the time. Yeah. So yeah, that'd be like, dangerous. It's like a blessing and a curse. But like, I love going. It's like a, it enhances my vacation. Like just by being able to go to a, a game store that like, not only, I mean, again, I love the company and I love the reason why we went there, but like that game store is that cherry on top. And I look forward to it every time yeah. because it's such a good experience. It's such a good experience. Just to wrap this segment up, I'll add one more to that list. And I think my, one of my favorite ones to kind of get news from is friends. Like you and I do this a lot between each other, share information about upcoming Kickstarters and stuff. But I have some other friends too that are, you know, into board games and, and, you know, Joe's a good example. If he sees a board game shop somewhere, he'll stop and send pictures of the inventory and be like, <laughs> what's good. And like, I think if you have others in the hobby that are newer or even more experienced a lot of times it's a really good idea to bounce some of that stuff off of them too because you end up not only kind of sharing in the hobby a bit together but you kind of develop each other's tastes and learn what what the other person likes or other group likes and you can you can get some pretty good recommendations that way i think oh definitely let's uh let's move on to our review for this episode we got another opportunity as mentioned earlier to play war chest uh this is our third playthrough or fourth playthrough and uh, we have not gotten to play the Nobility expansion or the Siege expansion yet, which I own both. That's Yay! right, Ken. I own both. You have two expansions. But we haven't gotten to the table yet. <laughs> the rule set's changed, so I figured let's just keep playing vanilla for a little while. So we got another game in on Tuesday night, and I think this is a hit with our group. Like Every, every time we get together, I think at least one person suggests it because it's just that much fun. So let's dive into a review. Our reviews work off of five categories. We do uh, theme, balance, fun, component quality, and replayability. And at the end, we give it a little, is this going to make you lose friends? Is it going to piss off your buddies that that badly type of rating? So how about uh, you start this time with theme for War Chest? And again, maybe I'm bad at theme. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm bad. That's at, a good start. Like, like, I don't know. I'm not trying to be... A jerk, but like I don't know, my <laughs> theme ratings have been really low. I'm looking at again. I look and compare it against other games, and like, yeah, I think you should. It's not. It doesn't have the theme of Fort. It doesn't have the theme of some other games that I have already done our reviews that we haven't reviewed yet. Like, so it's um, it's that middle of the road theme for me. It 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 almost it it, it could be it could be potentially anything with those powers uh, again. So I gave it a three. Again, I, definitely I know it's war and it comes and it comes in a chest, but like it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. That's like the, he basically took away my portion. Oh, of I'm sorry, you bastard. I'm sorry, buddy. <laughs> no, you're you're right. It's 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 simulated war with poker chips in a chest. Like there's you could swap themes. There's nothing about it visually that is heavily tied to the theme. Uh, the the coolest thing about that visually is the box that it comes in. It's magnetized. <laughs> it's like a little chest. And if that's the best part about the theming of the game, then yeah, it's not going to get terribly high rankings. I don't think it's a knock on the game no, at no, all. No. It's just it's not one of those titles that's dripping with flavor and theme, and that's okay. Not all games have to be like that, but it is, you know, kind of vanilla in that respect. So I'm a three there too. Oh, look at that! Um, Great minds. Yeah. 
So balance, uh, I gave it a five. I think this game just reminds me of something that got play tested the shit out of for a long time before it came out to balance all the units. I have not, we, we had a game at PAX, right? And we played teams again, which I think is probably the most fun way to play that game. I love oh, it. Oh, absolutely. And I, we were joking about how the Berserker, no one wanted the Berserker. The Berserker sucks. Like it just didn't look good. And I won the game with the Berserker. I have yet to play a game where we've taken and you randomize what you get and we do draft mode just to be clear when we play. I've never seen a game where units don't have an impact, right? We've seen the swordsmen go murder people and move around. We've seen the cavalry last game basically win the game for us by movement. Uh, The game that we played at PAX, Brad had an archer and was just murdering me left and right. I'm trying to think of other units. You know, the 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 well, pike and scout. We talk about the scout. I yeah, mean, scout, that ability like, where you can deploy adjacent. Like it's that's amazing ability. It's I mean, it is, and and there's just no swing in either direction of power. It's just so well balanced and intricately done. And also the board, the symmetry there gives a certain level of balance to things. Your starting positions. The turns you like everything about it is just so perfectly balanced. I go into that game and I never have a fear that any one player or team is going to run away with that game. And I do think, I do think there's something to be said, like I said earlier, about getting the right units to set up a strategy. But at the same time, there's always counters, there's always a way to mitigate a strategy in that game. And it's just perfectly balanced. So a five. Well, like, I mean, an example of that. All right. So I'll, I'll talk it during balance. So my balance was a four, and either I rated Nidavellir poorly, or I haven't been able to keep track of it, because Nidavellir was a five, but like every other game, that has been a four so far for me. So I don't know I'm what curious I was thinking. What, so. I'm curious what makes this unbalanced in your mind. Uh, well, it's not an unbalance to a degree. I think it's, again, it's one of those things where, like, when you're drafting, or when you're, you know, you're dealt a hand of cards, it's... It's not everyone has a fair shot at making the best of what you get, right? Because it has the randomization factor. So, yes, you drafted the three that you want to play. However, when you pull those chips, depending on how you, you know, either loaded the bag or, you know, your unfortunate unluckiness. Like, again, that's why I'm saying it's just, a, it just feels like a four because of the random and luck factor. Like, same thing with Fort and Res Arcana and Looters. Like, I gave those all fours as well. Um, or, okay. Even, even Charterstone, like they were all, it's all the like everyone has the same shot. Like, what can which you maybe makes it a five? I what can you give five? Anyway, so, so, but, but for example, like, what's wrong the, with you? This was to your point. To your, I'm point, just gonna keep going. Right? <laughs> You're just gonna keep interrupting me. Yep, jerk. So anyway, so there was a moment where, uh, and I forget what the, is it. What's the blue unit? Is it the knight where you have yeah. to? You can only attack it if it's if you're bolstered, right? Yep. Yep. So this, I think, was a very important play of the game. And I'm not doing it, I'm not trying to tout because I was involved in it, but it was, I had two options, right? So I was going, so I had the, the light cavalry, which is the, the green horse, and it moves two when you play, uh, a, a, a token. And, um, however, there was a, a knight right on me, and I didn't realize it, but you have to bolster to attack it. So now I could have moved and captured a control a, point. A, a, a control point. 
However, that wasn't the call. The call was to bolster and see if he could have attacked me first as opposed to running away, right? So I bolstered instead of moved because I knew I still had that other, the other token so I could either attack or if magically something else changed, I could move and still get to the control point. Not claim it, yep. but I can get there. And and again, he didn't have the other knight. He only had one knight. He didn't have any knight tokens. But he was like sort of posturing like he had it, almost like a bluff in a weird way. And I, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, and again, but it was an important play because I was able to take him out. And then I was able to continue to roll through that side of the board. But if I didn't do that, he would have eventually killed that horse. And we may not have won that game. You yeah. know, because they were starting to really amount or, or mass a, 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 a front, you know, in some of the latter rounds where I was like, I don't know. Yeah, that's you know, what like I when did. Joe stops recruiting every turn. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, balance four. Okay. How about, well, here's my five. You. Hold on. Here's my five. It's fun. <laughs> this game's fun. There's my five. You don't it have is, to end it. You is. can't make it jokes. Uh, f- it, this game's fun. Uh, the randomness, the craziness, uh, the drafting. Uh, just every, every token being unique, every, every unit being unique. It's just fun. Uh, it, you know, you gotta learn the units and, and play better, right? Like I got, what was it? I got, got killed by a crossbow. I'm like, oh, there was a crossbow guy. Yeah. Like, what the heck? Yeah. Like, Brad was lying. Didn't even up, see just it. waiting. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know. I was like, oh, all right. I deserve that one. You know, but it, again, five. It's fun. Every time you play, you want to play again immediately. Yeah. I'm a five two. Uh, you're, yeah. you're- Crossbow right, thing is a good point. It's almost like war chest, but war chest. Yeah. Uh, you have to pay attention to where all units are and what their attacks can do because it changes your game plan all the time, right? About what's around you. You know, we had a, a unit this game that we never had before called the Marshal, which basically allowed Brad to activate his Marshal trigger his crossbowman and kill you. And like, you couldn't have seen that coming. Yeah. You were in range of the crossbow, but like he has to have a crossbow token. Well, guess what? No, he doesn't. So there's all those types of little interactions that happen during the game that are, that are really cool. And it's just, it's one of those games that isn't terribly long, but it's intense for a short period of time. And it's so good and so close of a battle that the next thing you want to do is play it again. And that's the sign of a fun game to me. So absolutely a five. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Component quality. So I gave this a 4.5 and I, I think Too I don't really have a lot of complaints about it. The box is great. The, uh, the inserts are awesome for the chips. Nothing moves. The bags, you know, you'll have your commentary when you get there. So just please bite your tongue. But my favorite thing about the game is the player aids. Um, they're just, <laughs> Shut up. they're just so great. It's a small piece of printer paper that, uh, has some key stats on it for you. No, I made, player aids for you on purpose i picked the shittiest one i could find on the internet after you're bitching about not having player aids in this game so the half a point i'm knocking is because the game doesn't have individual cards with the rules on them please for the love of god if there's a second edition of this game add that into the box then it will be a five no they don't even get the they don't get the knock the half knock they get a full point component quality is a four (laughs) your 4.5 is too high those I have to give aids. it that extra point five because no. those chips, man, they feel so no, good. I mean, well, I, again, hold on. You own the game, so I hear you. Okay, I don't own the game. I don't own a copy, right? So the fact that there's no player aids in that box is a crime 
against board gaming. It's just awful. It's awful. They should, you they have should be to tried. ask people for their cards and look at them. Like it's just bad. It's not hard. It's not. You spent all your money and production on those chips. You could have taken. <laughs> you could have reduced the chip quality by twenty five percent and put that effort into a piece of paper with with icons and text. Come on, it's a four. Everything else is awesome, but player aids. I'm sorry, it's, yeah. it's unforgivable. They missed that opportunity there, and your harassment led to a perfect moment of humor when I found the worst possible player aid oh. on Board Game Geek, printed it out. And skipped all Dude, the good this, ones just despite you. I, I'm honestly that player aid that you printed out was actually worse than not having a player aid. It was that <laughs> awful. I mean, it was like, look, you I have an opportunity. It. You have an opportunity to be helpful and nice and good. And granted, someone spent time all of five minutes typing That's in generous. Word and putting out rectangles. That is horrible. That. That person should be banned from BGG for even posting that file because that it's you'd be better off without the player aid because it's actually more confusing because you're like, what does this even mean? Like, what are these? Are these what really what the actions are called? Like, oh, <laughs> uh, it was great. It was great. It was worth. Oh, uh, so bad. All right, replayability. Oh, you know what that is? That's a five. There's no doubt. Yep. Or did you give it a Same four point five? <laughs> No, I, I gave it a five. That like again, it's it's so it's short enough and it's intense enough and it's fun enough that you're just gonna yeah. like constantly want to re rack. Decisions are important in this. It's solid. Yeah, it's it's something. And adding those two expansions in, like we haven't even touched them yet, and they change the gameplay. I'm pretty sure nobility adds. They both add new unit types, but the siege one I think actually changes the board up a bit and adds fortifications or something. And I really haven't looked at the nobility book yet, so we've got a lot. Well, real of quick, to tackle. is there any of the basic units we actually haven't seen on the table yet, or did we actually get through the first core box? I think there's one, and it might be the mercenary. Okay. Maybe we had that in all the right. first game. I really can't remember, uh, but we're we're pretty close to having played all of them at this point. Okay, but I think there's what a total of sixteen units, and you get to. Pick 12, right? Pick from 12 in the draft. So, yeah. Yep. We, there's always a game that, you know, during the game, you're, you're missing some of the units. And so the next time you play, they might be there. And, yeah, it's it's just – you could play – I could play that game forever and not get tired of it, especially on teams. I think with t- – solo, I could see maybe it getting a little tiring, but – or not solo, uh, a duo, you know, 1v1. Yeah, 1v1. Teams, yeah, I can – Constantly rotating yeah. teammates and stuff. It's just so much fun. Yeah. So that is a five. I did not right. call this a table flipping lose friends kind of game. I know there's some moments where you're just like, uh, oh shit, I didn't want to lose that or whatever, or I didn't draw the right thing, but all those are controllable by you. Like it's all stuff yeah. you can mitigate yourself and, and you got to tip your hat to like the play Brad had with the Marshall and the crossbowman. I was, I was like, damn, that's, that's some next level war chest right there. Good job. Well, that was the whole point. Like, when it happened, I was like, how the heck did you do that? I was like, oh, Marshall. I was like, oh, okay. All right. My bad. Yeah, you, you got a – Touche. That was a tip of the Kangol. Tip of the Kangol. That's that's a tip of the Kangol <laughs> kind of play right there. And and it's full of that stuff, right? And again, that's where the player aids are really important. It's nice to be able to know what people can do with the chips yeah. and also know what their units do. So don't well, remember that's who... the thing. Like, if AG? anyone ever plays, like, if you play like video games, like it's got like that Dota style where everyone is unique and you need to know your opponents just as much as you need to know like your pros and cons and how what you're going to be good at and not good at, right? But you need yeah. to know your enemies on these. So 
Yeah, player aids. <laughs> I'm looking up quick. I'm pretty sure that's AEG, right? AEG? I think it might be. Yeah, yeah it is AEG. It's AEG. There you go. AEG, if you're listening to us, yeah. next edition of War Chest, put some goddamn player aids in the box. Please. Yeah, they're gonna get they're gonna get tagged and talked about. Give us player aids. The good yeah. kind. Alright. Uh let us So hold on. So two things. One, my final score was a four point two for War Chest. What did you end up at? Uh a four point four. And I realized we jumped right into the review and didn't give a whole overview on how to play War Chest or what War Chest is. Do you think we talked about it enough? I think like in prior episodes, episodes <laughs> we've talked about it enough that we probably don't need to dive in. It's uh, chess with poker chips. There you go. And the poker yeah. chips are unique. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> very nice. nice I, th- I think sometimes I, this goes back to our earlier topic. There are times when I'll listen to like Rodney Smith do a how to play and I'm less interested in hearing that than I am just opinions on the game so that I can go get an idea of if something I want to learn how to play. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, there, there are times where I just don't want to sit through that and sometimes i feel like we might be doing people a favor by doing that and doing them a disservice by doing that and i can never tell which yeah but yeah I, I we've talked about this before if you guys want to check out prior episodes and, and we talk a little bit about how the game is played and um do yourself a favor and just try to look it up online because it's so simple it's easy to learn but there's enough depth there that obviously we're gushing about it, it it's got that that th- yeah. thing you need to make it something you should add to your collection. Yeah, definitely. And again, Rodney exists because p- companies are bad at rule books, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like if he's made a career out of it. Yeah. And props I mean, to if him. He had better rule books. Like, you wouldn't need, Ro- I don't, don't get me wrong. I love watch it play, but like, he, he, he exists because people are bad at rule books, you know? Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Let's, uh, let's jump into the last segment closer, for buddy. tonight. Backed and bought. Oh, so I got a I got a list and you got a list. Why oh. don't you uh why don't you kick us you off with your go. backed first? Uh tit for tat? Nah, just give me your backed and I'll give you my backed and then we'll switch to bought. Let's go that way tonight. Alright. So I officially do not have a backed game at current. Um however that is a amazing. game I did back showed up, uh, and that is the Tussy Mussy expansion from uh, Button Shy Games. We uh, we I, I I don't buy a lot of Button Shy product, um, but but Tussy Mussy with uh, the Elizabeth Hargrave pedigree, I tried it and I loved it, and my family loved it. My son loved it too. So they came back with an expansion, so it's a whole other wallet of expansion content for Tussy Mussy. Nice. I backed it, and it uh, and it showed. It it, it arrived, uh, I think, last week. So hit yeah. the table yet? No, I haven't. You know, we haven't had to play yet. So I, I haven't played that. What is Tussie Mussy? Aside so from the Tussie terrible Mu- name, what exactly does it do? <laughs> so you're you're building a <laughs> you're you're building a flower garden, right? Okay, but it's it's a series of face up flowers and face down flowers. And then it's a, there's a points based on, you know, what flowers you collected and, and, you know, how many are face down, how many are face up. So it's like a, it's like an eye split. I think, I think it's got like almost like an eye split you choose mechanic where your opponent picks, do they want face up ones or do they want to take a chance on the face down kind of thing? And then it alternates. So then you get the option, right? Cause if the face up one doesn't help you at all, you take your chance on the face down. And sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. 
Um, I also don't believe you're allowed to look at your face down cards either until the end scoring. So you don't even know if you're going to be successful or not. But it's super simple, super fun, just little light fun. Again, they're what, 18 card games, something like that. That's yep. the criteria yeah, for so fun shy. Yeah. Um, but again, it's cool. And then the fact that they, I think there was, uh, so they did a solo. So solo was one of the expansions. And then I want to say there was two other expansions. And the original came with a solo as well. So, like, there's two different solo modes and then three different – or then there's a, the base game and then two other modules you can mix and match with the base game. So, again, just nice. adding to the replayability. I mean, again, and a button shy game isn't expensive. I think it was like – let's see. What did I pay? $15 shipped. To so, come in the little, like, okay. like plastic foldable wallet, basically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so basically yeah. it's the same exact wallet, same color, same logo, and it just says expansions. <laughs> I'm like, that's <laughs> awesome. I, I have, know, it just it was simple and cool. So I have Sprawlopolis and I have Food Chain Island from them. And I've probably played both of those like thirty times each, just as like a fun <laughs> fifteen minute sit down solo type game. I love their stuff. I absolutely love their stuff. And for how cheap it is, you can take it anywhere. So it's like perfect on a vacation. Like I, I can't stress so enough how great you, those button shy games are. Do you own Tessie Mussy? You just haven't played it or you don't own it? I don't, I don't own it. No, the only two oh, that okay. I have are, are the two I mentioned. And I looked at, uh, there's another one. I think it's called Skulls of Sedlak. Oh, was one that their I, I booth was checking at out. PAX is so hard to not go crazy on. I know. Oh, when you see all those wallets, I avoided oh my it. god. I avoided it uh, on purpose <laughs> because I was like, I'll just end up buying every one of them because they're moderately priced and easy to carry. Well, then you have a special. Like, it's like buy four or buy five. You get like a discount. You're like, ah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, it's dangerous. <laughs> I'll be spending $100 for button-shy wallet games is what would happen. So I just avoided <laughs> it on purpose. But I can't recommend their stuff enough. It's great. Yeah, yeah, solid. Solid fun games. So back for me, I finished uh, Sky Terror Horde just funded today on what? The 20, nice. What is today? The 27th. Um, Congrats. I went in did for you go the, for the deluxe pledge. all in pledge? I did, yeah. And I'm kind of thinking I might want to do a second one for resale uh-huh. potentially, but I don't know. I don't know if I want to get into that shady biz. I'm not beaner. Uh, They're going to be. Uh- <laughs> Hucking PS5s out of a trunk at Kmart or whatever he's doing. You're going to be a dirty second market pirate. (laughs) Yeah. Slinging slinging, uh, hacked Xbox Series X or whatever. No, I I think I'm going to just stick with one. Um, It looks fantastic. I think I'm going to be pretty excited to play this. It has solo mode, which is cool. Um, Has some a team-based mode. They're putting PvP in. They added some new heroes. The card art's great. Everything looks great. So I'm, and the price point was a little, little high, I thought, but the amount of yeah, stuff they've. Yeah, for just cards, right? For just a card game? Well, the, it seemed like there was a lot of content. Yeah, there's a lot of tokens and a board and some other stuff, but it's the, the bulk of the content and the variability of play is a big deal for yeah. me. Like being able to get a game like that. And it's kind of like MOBA Tower Defense, but being able to get a game like that and kind of shuffle around how you play it and who you play it with. Uh, that adds a lot of yeah. value to a game to me, so I think it's worth it. Yeah, there's been a lot of comparison to Hearthstone. I did play a lot of Hearthstone back in the day on the on the phone, so I'm really looking forward to it. I, this almost got it back for me too, but then you jumped ahead of me, so I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I I see the comparisons. I don't know if I 
agree with it from a gameplay standpoint. I don't think it functions the same. Well, yeah, I mean, it's tower defense, and Hearthstone is not. Yeah, it's like a, right, you know, right. Hearthstone's more like a magic in a way. But There's a Hearthstone Adventures kind of like single-player battler mode. I can't even – I think oh, it's okay. called Adventures, but something like that. It's more akin to that, I think, than actual just okay. like two-player battles. But you can, you can make it work however you want it, seems like. So it's going to be pretty cool and versatile enough that I feel good about backing it. Um, I don't have any other back, but it did get one of my back projects in, and that was the Wormwood Dispel D&D dice that I ordered. I got uh, – I can't even remember what it's called. Vapor something. They're really nice. Like, they're super nice. Uh, were they worth the money I spent? Oh, my God, no. I probably shouldn't have bought them, but you know what? You only live once. So now I have some high-quality super nerd dice from Dispel and Wormwood. So props to them. Really nice stuff. I also got one of the D6 from – they did like a thing where uh, if anybody doesn't follow uh, Wormwood's YouTube channel called Worm Life, check it out. It's actually very funny and interesting. But they videoed them breaking the world record for longest line of consecutive D6. And anybody that backed the project that was an early backer got, as supplies last, a, a, one of those D6 that was in that line. And it has like Guinness Book of World Records on the six. So it's kind of neat. Um, that but yeah, the cool. dice are cool. I, that's uh, that. You know, I, I wish you would have told me about that last. You know, when we played, I didn't. As I didn't know about it when I backed it, and <clears> then <throat> I found out later, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool." That's cool. And then I didn't really realize they tied together yeah. like that. And so, yeah, yeah, it's it's nice. But so those that's were cool. Solid. Glad I got those in. I do wish I would have gotten one more set of colors, honestly, that I could have like gifted to somebody because they're just that cool looking. But uh, it wasn't probably wasn't a wise purchase. But whatever. For all the D and D I get to play. Uh, all right. What'd you buy? What what retail goodness did you acquire since the last time we spoke? I know there's some. Well, we talked earlier, right? I bought Tapestry, you know, yep. with their uh, clever, very well done marketing. So great job, Stonemeyer. Kudos. <laughs> uh, I mentioned again, I played Happy Little Dinosaurs. Uh, I also then bought the five to six player expansion for it because this is one of those games that I think is going to get better with more players. So, yeah. uh, uh, so I grabbed that one, the, the, the five to six player expansion. I took advantage of the mini market ran a big sale. Uh, and I wasn't going to originally buy anything from it. However, another expansion came back in stock. That's a brand new expansion for Here to Slay. And uh, I'm sure you've heard us talk about Here to Slay. So this is the Berserkers and, uh, Necromancer expansion pack. So since that came in, I bought that. And then I threw in some uh, some more epic expansions. Uh, I got the Four Lost Tribe expansions for epic. And then on Target, and again, I talk about you know earlier, you know, going through Mini Market. Well, the Target app <laughs> is also a pretty neat place to look for board games because Target gets exclusive games. Target has exclusive people that work with them directly and sell products to them directly. Now, granted, not all the prices are good on some of the stuff, so you got to really do your research and make sure you're, you're getting a good deal. But I bought I bought uh, Lost Ruins of Arnak. That's been sold out everywhere, and it's been pretty yeah. hard to find. Uh, and and again, at a good price point, that was the key. Like now, for what it's worth, I'm not trying to be a cheapskate, but why pay sixty or more if you can get it for forty six, forty seven? Right? There's just something about that. So I don't know. 
call me frugal in in a very small way, but <laughs> no, I think it's um, true. It's just I think the only exception to that is if you have like those really good local game stores, you might as well just buy yeah, yeah, yeah. agree. You gotta then you gotta shop yeah. local, pay the little extra. That's fine. But if I'm yep. online, I'm sorry. There's that all bets are off. Yeah, agree. Um, so I, I I bought Lost Ruins of Arnak through the Target app. So not only did I pay cheap. I also got my red card discount on it. So it was like even less. <laughs> I was like, this is super sweet. Uh, and again, not that they have it in the stores. I've never seen it on a retail shelf, but they had it in the app. So I was like, screw it. Let's buy it. Um, and then my last uh, purchase, um, again, I think I talked about it on last episode. The uh, the Crafting Arzium, uh Blu-ray documentary from Zoom Out Media was just so good. So fantastic. You know, I was joking, I think even last, that I have more promos for now or never. And I don't even own the game yet. Right. So I got the shipping notification today for the game. So now or never is on its way uh, from Red Raven Games. But because now I have the above and below and I I knew I was going to get now or never, I tried to find near and far and nowhere had it in stock, even at some local game stores. I I checked Maryland. I have got a source in Maryland. I I, I checked Maryland. I checked for the expansion um, as well. And um, I ended up going to eBay, and there was wow. a used open copy, and it's rare because again, you, uh, you know, near and far for whatever reason is a high price game. Like I couldn't, see, I, I didn't see it anywhere for less than a hundred bucks, and I was like, okay. And there was an auction for a used open version with uh, some box wear. So I ended up getting near and far for forty dollars shipped. I was the only bidder. Damn. And I was like, this is amazing. So now I'm on the hunt for the expansion, Amber Mines. And now the funny part about it is I bought Above and Below actually at a flea market. <laughs> so so both my copies of their his first two games were like almost at, you know, yard sale-like prices because they had little dents and dings in the box. But uh, the games are solid. All the components are there. I did my, my inventory. So... That is my latest purchase, and that showed up today, so I was happy to see that. So I had to rearrange my game shelves. Ugh. <laughs> Speaking of that, I gotta do something about it up here. I got uh, a bunch of stuff this week too, and I am out of shelf space now. Like I need <laughs> to finish this basement stat so that I can get this board game room fully built and get you enough. Just finish shelf it space. with Calyx. That's what you should. Uh, that's when you, the when problem, you say finish the, the basement. Problem I have with that. Just build Calyx. <laughs> I, I just don't want to buy it because when we finish the room, I'm doing wall shelves and I don't want to put those up on the wall. And I'm like, what am I going to do with it at that point? But you're right. Like at some point, I just need to break down and buy something. But so this week I, can't I got get calyx because of the height in my attic. That's the problem. Oh, I really? would have calyx. I can't have. <laughs> I have to have special shelves that, that are that you know because the, the, it's a it's a triangle, right? And the calyxes are too tall for the triangle there for the for the flat sides. So it's like, ah. Uh, yeah, that sucks. So I mentioned yeah. Dice Throne Adventures. Uh, ordered that a while back. Was back ordered. That came in this week finally, and super happy I got that. I now own all three of the Dice Throne boxes, and it takes up an entire shelf in my game cabinet. I also have the sleeve, so I'm gonna sleeve up the extra cards that come with this, hopefully, and it just is gonna be awesome to play. I, like I said, I set it up on the table, hoping maybe tomorrow. Or if the we- we're supposed to get some snow here, if we don't travel Saturday to a friend's house, maybe Saturday night, uh, the wife and I will sit down and try and get some in. And I'm looking forward to doing this with four players with the game group. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll see how it goes. But again, just their their stuff is so sweet. It's so nice. So well done. 
Speaking of Ryan Lockett, I have been trying to acquire Sleeping Gods for quite some time. Uh, I missed out on the Kickstarter, which was stupid of me. I should have backed it. But I wanted to get a retail copy. Game Nerds had it come in stock. Uh, I think I mentioned this in the last episode a couple weeks ago. And I was like – or no, actually it was another one that ran out. It was the, the Res Arcana expansion. But same same situation here. I, I saw it up on Game Nerds. And someone posted at like 2 in the morning on Reddit that um, there's a board game deals subreddit. And I'm like, cool. Uh, go to pick it up. Sold out. So between the hours of 2 a.m. and 5 – or uh, 7 a.m., gone, right? Completely gone. Uh, but I got lucky. There was a post up again a couple days later for Game Nerds. Uh, I caught it like 20 minutes after the post, ordered my copy, just got here today. Shrink's still on it, haven't opened it yet. So another one I'm hoping to get down soon. Uh, now that I've abandoned Jaws of the Lion, I'm going to get that to the table in place of it. Uh, supposed to be super heavy narrative, really good story, uh, a lot of you know decision, cool decision-making. So I'm hoping that'll be a big hit. And I uh, can't wait to try that too. And then the last one I picked up was thanks to you today. I really wanted to get Meadow after we played it at PAX. Uh, I fell in love with that game after one playthrough. Just so solid. And it's impossible to find, right? Uh, retailers, most retailers online don't have it. Um, eBay copies are marked up. One of our local game stores, uh, not far from here, Portal Games and Comics in Bethlehem, has four copies. And you, uh, were you there or you just took that picture off of like their website? So I follow them on social media and they posted it. There you it. go. So you sent me you, some buddy? pictures. Yeah. For you. <laughs> so you hooked me up. Uh, they have an online store, so I ordered it for pickup. So I'll be grabbing it Saturday, hopefully on my way up to some friends' houses. And uh, yeah, I'll have Meadow to, to try at home and have my wife tell me how much she doesn't like it, and then I'll never get to play it again. So that's uh, that is what I bought. Well, basically, just so I don't have to pack it up every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I know the four of us loved it so much that we would definitely oh. play it again. It's just yeah, a matter Meadow's, of. I mean, it's a solid game. It's uh, it's, it's fantastic. It's so good. Uh, I, I can't wait to get another opportunity to play that. And I think everybody else too, because we, like, we understand it a little bit better now. I think it's going to yeah. be like way more competitive and cut through it this time yeah. as, as much as you can get that game. So yeah. 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 Uh, no, very and I glad think, to honestly, I think, I think if Liz gives you the opportunity to play and or she gives herself the opportunity, she'll enjoy the game. And I think it's good. It's, it might be her style of game, I think. And I think she's going to, you know, depending on who wins, it's going to be a close game with the two of you. I have to purposely um, lose. There's just no, no way no, about no, it. No, no, no. You have to purposely <laughs> lose. Stop, stop. She, honestly, I think Liz would hate you more if you did that. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Right. Like, she wants to beat you fair and square. She doesn't want to beat you because you didn't play your best or your hardest or try to win. Like, that's not. Yeah, she wants so, to smoke me at 100% effort, and that's that's oh, understandable. Absolutely. And that's why we have to play yeah. Planet X again, because that's what's going to happen for sure. She's going to smash me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, any, go ahead. No, no, that's fine. You're good. I was going to say any, uh, any closing thoughts before we end this show? No, just, uh, follow us on Instagram at play games with friends. Hope you guys are enjoying, uh, the podcast. We're, We're enjoying producing it and working it and talking about it and doing everything we're doing. Uh, so um, you know, if you have any feedback, I know we've gotten some feedback, you know, from, you know, on, on Instagram for some people directly who are listening to us. So I, I, I definitely appreciate it. We appreciate it. Just keep it coming. 
Um, if there's anything you want us to talk about or something that we haven't touched on, I mean, I know we've got a list of stuff to get through, but you know, there's never a dull moment in board gaming. So if there's something that you're looking for, you're, you want our opinion on, you think it's cool, you know, shoot us a message on Instagram or, uh, what is it? Play games, lose friends at gmail.com. That's right. You can email us there and we'll, we'll, you know, obviously you hear if we, if you do talk to us and you do interact with us, we will talk about you. So that's not a bad thing. <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. Depends on the maybe not. Yeah, I guess we'll see. We'll see how also, good it is, how bad it is, right? If you haven't checked out the Instagram account, I think you either just posted or or will post pictures of our latest Oath Chronicle uh, illustrations by by our buddy Joe, uh, who is still Chancellor, still Lord Lord of the Flies, uh, with me as his uh, not so loyal sidekick. Surf? Yes, uh, Dirty Surf. So. Check those out. Uh, he did a great job on the on the Chronicle, and uh, I'm still loving that game. I'm hoping we can get that back to the table soon after we get through Kabula or however it's pronounced. Kabbalah, Kamala. Kabbalah. How, how, how is it? Kabbalah is how it's Kabbalah. on the on the trailer. All right. Well, yeah. we'll fix our our terrible English to uh, pronounce it correctly. I yeah. promise. I'm sure Antonio will correct us and, and tell us. Uh, we're gonna try to, you know, like we did with the episode five. Depending on how things go, we're definitely gonna try to get get some of those guys on and uh, really talk through it. Yeah, it would be great after we get a playthrough to get a chance to chat with them and, and get some idea on how the design process went and all that good stuff. So stay tuned. We'll hopefully have them on soon. That does it for us. Uh, thanks again for joining us. We should hopefully see you guys within a couple weeks with some more games. In the meantime, keep playing, have fun, and stay safe. Later. See you guys. Later.